Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids. A show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Well, happy December, my future paleontologist. I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to the podcast. I hope everybody is doing well and staying safe and being kind and considerate and all those very important things that make life so much fun. Our podcast, as of this morning, has been downloaded 188,264 times. That's pretty exciting. We are listened in 118 countries around the world and in 6,866 cities. So how crazy cool is that? So happy to be with you all. So happy to uh, have this podcast and I enjoy it so much. This is podcast number two in our second season, season one. Uh, we we started season one uh, back in November of last year, which I guess would be 2019. And um, since then, since then, we have recorded. Let me see here if I can let me find the stats. I got to see how many how many episodes I've actually recorded. And you know, somebody had asked me why we don't number our episodes in the title. Let me explain why we don't. It's it's a good suggestion and I completely understand it. But let me explain why we don't um, list the numbers in the, in the episode description. The way the search engines and bots work, you have a certain amount of letters and, and uh, words that the bots will pick up on and to be put into search engines, they focus on the first of those words. So if the first thing you see in the description of the podcast is the podcast number, then unless somebody is searching episode 42, they'll never find it. But if somebody is searching Albertosaurus, or I'm sorry, Stegosaurus was episode 42. If they're searching the word Stegosaurus under podcast, they have a much better chance of seeing my podcast. So that's why we don't. This episode I'm recording today is actually episode 49, but it's episode two of season two, if that makes sense. So this is the 49th podcast that I'm doing and um, kind of glad I get to do it. Uh, with you. So let's get straight into a very unusual and unique feature creature. This one is very unique and I, I absolutely love it. So let's, uh, let's go straight into it. 
It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. Growing up one year, I got these really cool prehistoric mammal toys for Christmas. And in them was this big rhinoceros looking thing that I thought was the coolest thing I had ever seen in my life. And I thought, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to kind of go back to that time when I was a kid and relive the moment I saw this toy and how cool I thought it was. At the time, it was labeled Brontotherium. Brontotherium, which meant Thunder Beast. And man, did I love it. It was this huge armored-looking rhinoceros with this big sort of a Y-shaped horn on the end of its nose. Well, over the years, as it happens in science a lot, over the years, scientists changed the name of Brontotherium because it wasn't scientifically accurate for that animal. The animal's true name is Megacerops, and Megacerops is today's feature creature, and it's such a fascinating animal. I love dinosaurs. That's why they call me Dinosaur George. They don't call me Mammal George. That'd be a great name, Mammal George. Um, they call me Dinosaurs George because I love dinosaurs, but I also love other prehistoric animals. Megacerops is an amazing animal. Its name in English means large horn face. Remember, when you say the name of a lot of prehistoric animals, or any animal really, when you say the scientific name, the reason why those names sound so weird is because they are usually in a different language, Latin being one of the most common languages used among scientists. At least it was back, uh, you know, 100 years ago. And so Latin was the most common language spoke among scientists. So Latin was the words that are used to describe animals, prehistoric animals as well. Your, your dog is named Canis familiaris. That's the scientific term for dog. So those names mean something. Well, the name Megacerops means large horned face. This is a very large animal. It's about 2.5 meters tall. That's a little over eight feet tall. That is way taller than most humans. It was five meters long. That's 16 feet long. I can almost promise you that's longer than your car uh, or vehicle that your parents drive. If you'd like to, to know how big Megacerops was... Go to your family's vehicle and ask your mom or dad or somebody in your family to measure how tall and long it is and then compare it to the size of Megacerops. This is a big animal. Some people believe it weighed between three to four tons, and that's the size of a small elephant. It's found in South Dakota and Nebraska, but probably lived all over North America. It lived during the late Eocene epoch. The Eocene that, that's the time that comes after the age of dinosaurs. That's the Cenozoic era. 
the Eocene, this particular creature lived between 38 and 34 million years ago. It was a quadruped, which means it walked on all four feet, and it was an herbivore. This animal belongs to a group of hoofed mammals that walk on four toes in the front and three on the back. I know it's weird. It it doesn't have five toes on either. It's four in the front, three in the back. Hoofed mammals belong to a group called odd-toed ungulates. Ungulates. An ungulate is an animal that has hooves. So a giraffe is an ungulate. A deer are ungulates. In this particular case, it's called an odd-toed ungulate because the toes in the front and the back are not even. That's why it's called odd-toed. Not because it had weird toes. That's odd. No, that's not what I mean. Odd-toed means it's not even. We are even-toed animals. We have five toes on each foot. But if you had three toes on one foot and four on the other, you would be an odd-toed human. I don't think any of you do, but if you do, you're still normal. You just have odd, not even, toes. This animal was related to rhinos, but it was literally the size of a small elephant. Way larger than any modern rhino today. And to be honest, it's probably more closely related to horses. And I know that sounds very weird because I just said it's got four toes on the front and three toes on the back. Horses don't have toes at all. They have a hoof. Well, there's more to putting animals into family groups than what the animal looks like on the outside. The outside isn't the important part. It's the, it's the structure of the skeleton that determines how animals fit together. So this animal is related to horses. <coughs> You're going to have to excuse my voice. I started having problems with um, allergies about two weeks ago, and they just continue to get worse. And I just have what's called a dry cough. I just cough periodically. When I take a deep breath, I cough. It's very weird. I've had asthma ever since I was little. So really, it's, it's asthma that causes me problems. And what happens with asthma, sometimes it's hard to breathe. For a lot of you that have asthma, you know what I'm talking about. It doesn't stop us from enjoying our life. It's just kind of sort of a pain. All right, back to the animal. Now, the males have larger horns, and that's probably used for fighting with rivals. Big horns do two things in the animal kingdom, especially when you're dealing with mammals. It shows how old and mature you are, and they're used as a weapon to be wielded against an adversary. Either somebody that's trying to eat you or another male that's trying to steal your girls. That's kind of what they use them for. They didn't, they, now they're not like modern rhinos, where, you know, modern rhinos have a horn coming out of the end of the nose and some of them have a second horn behind it, sort of in a row. These had this big, sort of Y shaped double horn coming off of the nose. So imagine one branch coming off and then splitting into two. That's what this thing, you know what I, th- what I thought was little, when I was little, what I thought when, when I looked at the toy, I thought, oh man, that's like a cool slingshot. 
So then I would daydream about riding on the back of this into a battle and using the big Y-shaped horn as a giant slingshot. So I would be shooting rocks and spears at the enemy as I had charged on this giant rhino. I don't think that's what they use these for. I'm just saying that's what I thought. So please don't look at it and go, uh, do you know that animal has a slingshot on his nose? Because that's not how he used it. So the male's horns are bigger, and that would suggest that they are using them to probably fight with other rivals. Probably like rhinos do today. They have shoving matches. The strongest one pushes the <coughs> excuse me, the strongest one pushes the other away. And here's the other thing that makes them different from rhinos today. Rhinos horns are made of hair. Modern rhinoceros horns are made of hair. Hair that grows in this twisty shape, sort of like a tornado. And the hair grows so tightly together that it becomes very powerful. It's a weapon. But on Megacerops, it was made of bone. So it's actual bone. That makes them different from modern rhinos today. Their horns were made of bone instead of hair. And the horn was probably covered in keratin, which is the same stuff that we our fingers are covered in. Hair is made of keratin, by the way. But in the case of Megacerops, it was a bone horn with probably a keratin covering. Here's something very interesting, by the way. In North America, we had a nation of Indians called the Sioux. S-I-O-U-X, but pronounced Sioux, the Sioux Indian Nation. Well, the Sioux Indians found the bones of Megacerops and called them Thunder Beasts because of the big size. They recognized whatever this animal was, it probably sounded like thunder when it ran. I often wondered about what early humans and different continents thought of fossils. Did Neanderthals? see a fossil and could they figure out what it was? What did the North American Native American Indians think? What did all of the early cultures think? Some people believe things like dragons came from early Chinese finding skeletons of sauropods and thinking they were dragons. Who knows what people thought? I just find it kind of fascinating. Now, let me tell you something about megacerops. They are simply too big to be attacked. They're too adults. Adults were probably immune from being attacked unless they were very old and sick or injured. Nothing is going to mess with these animals. They are simply too ginormous. But of course, the babies would have been in danger. And their babies had to deal with things like terror birds, hyena dons, early cats, and probably bears. So when the babies were born, I suspect they stayed with, at least they stayed with their mom, probably until they were old enough to defend themselves. We see that today with modern rhinoceros and hippos. When they're adults, most animals will not mess with them. But when they're babies, they've got to be defended. So I would guess that mom probably took on the role of defender. And the reason why I say that is a lot of mammal males don't raise the young. They kind of defend the herd. They'll definitely, listen, if there's a baby megacerops that is, the, that is the offspring of a big male and a group of hyenodons are attacking, 
I have no doubt. Papa's coming to the rescue. Papa's coming to the rescue. And when that animal shows up, I think everybody scatters and runs for cover. So I don't think the, the adult male stayed with the babies to defend them necessarily. But I think the adult males maybe had their own herd of females that they wanted to keep away from other males, but they also probably defended them. So the males probably would defend the babies, but it's the mom. It's the, it's the mother that is going to be the number one defender. We see that in rhinos today and elephants today and hippos, all land mammals. It's almost always the females that defend. So I suspect the same would have been true with megacerops. There are some scientists that believe that this animal may have been semi-aquatic. What does that mean? It means they may have spent a lot of time in the water. Rhinos today love the water. Rhinos today will lay in the water to cool off. They'll roll in the mud like, like they enjoy being covered in mud because that kind of stops the sun from burning their skin. And it also defends them against uh, a parasites, biting flies and mosquitoes and things like that. So some people believe that these animals spent a lot of time in the water. And the reason for that, it, because it appears their teeth were not really made for chewing tough plants. Their teeth sort of suggest that these are eating soft plants and fruit. So plants that grow in the water are always softer than plants that grow on land. So it could be possible that these animals spent a lot of their time in the water. Imagine walking up to, a, to an ancient pond and just seeing the heads of these monsters sticking up with these big Y-shaped forked horns sticking out of the water, you would probably see birds perched on the horns, kind of using them as a place to rest. Oh, what an amazing thought. Why did these and so many other animals go extinct? It's almost always associated with um, climate changing, dramatic climate changing. Different kind of animals can adapt differently to a climate change. Some animals have no problems adapting at all. Humans, we're a perfect example. We can adapt to any climate. But other animals, and sometimes the plants, can't. So, for instance, let's say, this is just an imagination, let's say that the areas that Megacerops lived in, there was always lots and lots and lots of rain. Therefore, there was always lots of lakes and rivers to live in. Therefore, there was always lots of plants growing in the rivers and lakes for the animal to eat. But what if there was a change in the environment and it didn't rain as often? Well, little by little, the rivers might start drying up. Little by little, the lakes might start drying up. Well, if that happens, Megacerops simply doesn't have the amount of food available that it did. And little by little, they're not as healthy as they were. And the babies aren't born healthy. And the babies don't grow to maturity. And little by little, if you don't get enough food, you don't have the energy to defend yourself against, to defend yourself against predators. So that's how something like a climate change can have an impact on an animal even as big as Megacerops. And that is most certainly a very 
big animal that needs a lot of food. All right, my friends, listen, if you live in or around the state of Texas, after the Christmas and uh, holiday season is over, we're going to be on the road a lot, a lot with our traveling museum. So if you go to a school or you belong to a homeschool group or you belong to any group and you would like to have our traveling museum maybe come to your school or community or city, then here's some information about it. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. You'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's Traveling Museum to your community today. Let's answer some questions. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, all of these questions I took right off of my Patreon Club group. So if you are a Patreon Club member, here are some of the questions you submitted to me. This first comes from Philip Raptor, who says, How did Titanoboa get so big? Well, Mr. Philip Raptor, let me explain why some animals grow to gigantic sizes. It all has to do with the environment. What I mean by that is a couple of things. Remember how I talked about how megaserops may have gone extinct because the environment changed? Well, if at when it was first appeared, when, when the giant rhino first appeared, there was more than enough food. It could eat as much as it want. It could grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And generation after generation was bigger and taller than the previous ones. Because when an environment has a lot of food, animals can grow to be larger to take advantage of that food. Well, the same thing with predators. You know, if the prey around you is growing giant, then predators need to grow giant to be able to take on that prey. And the most successful predator is going to be the biggest. Think about this. Let's say that a group of Titanoboa hatch from an egg. And one of them, for whatever reason, is way, way bigger than his brothers and sisters. And so that one can eat bigger animals, which means it doesn't have to eat as often, which means all it gets to do is grow giant off of the things it eats. Now, its smaller siblings don't get to eat as many things because their size limits what they can eat. So they're not going to be as healthy as the big one. That means the big one is going to have uh, children, offspring at some point. And if it's big, most of the time your children are going to be big. And that can happen over and over, generation after generation. 
Some just grow bigger than others, and that's probably what happened with Titanoboa. It became ginormous because the food available to it was big, and it simply adapted and grew larger. Do you know humans are now much taller than they were 100 years ago? Do you know that 200 years ago, I am five foot seven. I'm not very tall. I would be considered tall 150 years ago. I would be considered a tall person. Look how tall so many of you are. That's because humans continually grow taller. Why? Because we are able to, uh, to change our environment. We have access to more food, better quality food. We have access to health. We have access to things that our ancestors didn't. Therefore, we are growing taller. We're not going to turn into a different animal, but we're just bigger. And that's what happened to Titanoboa. All right, Ford Raptor asked, who was bigger, Brachiosaurus or Argentinosaurus? Well, Ford Raptor, love the name, by the way. And that's one of the cool things about Patreon is you get to name yourself, give yourself a nickname. Argentinosaurus is considerably larger than Brachiosaurus. Argentinosaurus is, is a much larger dinosaur than Brachiosaurus. They're both giants. They're both huge. But actually, Argentinosaurus would be way bigger than Brachio. But I love both of those dinosaurs. All right. Judah would like to know if baby Ankylosaurus is wrestled. He just started on a wrestling team and wants to know if any dinosaurs wrestled too. Well, the answer, Judah, is yes. Dinosaurs wrestled around. Little baby dinosaurs wrestled around. Young dinosaurs wrestled. Even the adults wrestle. Now, they don't wrestle like you. You just started on a wrestling team. You have different moves that you use to pin your opponent. Wrestling for some dinosaurs might have been just simply putting their heads down and shoving back and forth. But they do that for a reason. When they're little, they do that to practice their skills. Judah, if you just started becoming a wrestler, you're learning different skills. As you get older, you're going to become a better wrestler. Well, the same thing with dinosaurs. If they learn how to push and move and turn and spin and jump and hop, they are learning how to protect themselves. Meat eaters do it all the time. They're practicing hunting. Plant eaters do it all the time. They're practicing defense. So, yes, I think baby ankylosaurs wrestled, but their wrestling was probably more just putting their head down and pushing and shoving their brothers around. All right. Webionics would like to know if any dinosaurs produce their own food, like a tube worm. It's a very interesting question, Webionics. None that I know of produce their own food. They all relied on the environment to supply them with food. Herbivores relied on the growth of plants. But I will tell you this, and this is going to sound a little, this is going to sound a little gross because I'm going to talk about poop. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. I'm talking about poo, baby. Okay. Plant eaters that eat the plants will also swallow seeds. And the seeds that they swallow will pass through their tummies into their intestines. And then those seeds get pooped out. Okay. I don't know if I needed to add that sound effect, but I did. 
I'm sure your moms and dads right now are like, why, thank you, Dinosaur George, for adding that sound effect. That's really going to help a lot. Because now my kid thinks every time they talk about a Coprolite, they have to go. All right. So if they poo out the seed, the seed is inside the poo, and that acts as fertilizer. And the seed begins to grow and turn into a plant. That plant will grow and will ultimately feed another animal. So technically, herbivores did produce their own food, but not like you suspect they did. But that's a very good question, Webionics. Okay, Luca Rex, are the fish today similar or the same as the fish that were around when dinosaurs roamed the earth? Yes, Luca. Yes, Luca Rex. Fish today have the same basic shapes, but they're not the exact same fish. They're different kinds of fish today. But if you and I traveled back to the uh, Cretaceous period and went fishing, if we caught a fish, we would look at it and go, "Yeah, that's a fish. Wait a minute, though. That thing's got giant teeth. Uh, I suggest we throw it back in. So the fish would have looked very similar. There were fish called coelacanth. That's a fish that's alive today that was alive during the age of dinosaurs. It looks exactly the same. It's the same. They haven't changed at all. So there are definitely some fish that are still here that were identical to the fish back then. But one of the big differences was the kind of fish. A lot of those fish went extinct. All right. (coughs) So sorry about coughing. Here's the next one. Hi, I'm Sawyer, and I'm seven years old, and I'm from Cordova, Maryland. How cool is that? I used to live in Suitland, Maryland, Sawyer. I don't know how close that is to you. Sawyer says, I want to know how long Spinosaurus could hold its breath. What an interesting question. All the evidence suggests that Spinosaurus is semi-aquatic, spending a lot of time in the water, and that means catching fish, and that means having to hold its breath, probably. How long could it hold its breath? I don't know how long it could. You know what? I wonder if there's been a study on how big the lungs of Spinosaurus's were. And does it suggest that their lungs would have been larger? You know what? I'm going to send that question to Dr. Thomas Holtz, who is a leading expert on meat-eating dinosaurs. And if I get a response from Dr. Holtz, I'm going to... See if I can update all of you on that. That's a good question, Sawyer. Okay, Samadarshi says, hello, hope you're doing well. What a nice thing to say, Samadarshi. I hope you and your family are well too. Could you please tell me how long was a Tarbosaurus? Thank you. What great manners you have. All of my, you know, all of my Patreon club members have such good manners and I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. Um, How long was it? I believe Tarbosaurus It's just a little bit smaller than the estimated size of Tyrannosaurus rex. The problem, Samadarshi, is that that we don't have complete skeletons. And even if we do have a complete skeleton, that's just one member of the family. That doesn't mean that's as big as they could get. So I believe that maybe 40 to 41 feet would be the length of it. It's a little over 10 meters, I suspect. I wish I knew the exact answer, but I don't. Tarbosaurus is a pretty cool dinosaur. 
looks a lot like Tyrannosaurus. In fact, it's the Tyrannosaurus of uh, of Asia. All right. Um, Javier or Xavier? Everybody pronounces this name differently. I believe it's Xavier. Would like to know if if you heard about the new dinosaur discovered in Missouri, Parasaurus missouriensis, and what do you think of it? Think it's amazing, Xavier. Always glad to see a new species of dinosaurs found, and it's great when they're found in a place where not a lot of dinosaurs have been found. I will tell you something really cool. I watched the video of the discovery, and I saw a paleontologist named Guy Darrow. I had the chance to work with uh, Guy. He had this traveling dinosaur exhibit that came to San Antonio, and I was asked to be a part of it to kind of support what he was doing. And I met Guy Darrow. He's a very nice man. I liked him a lot. So I was thrilled that that uh, Mr. Darrow is associated with the discovery. I don't know if he's associated with the discovery, if he actually found it or not. I'm not sure. But I know that it was really, really cool that I got to see him and that he was associated with it. All right. When we come back, we're going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids page to see what's shaking there. For those of you that are interested in becoming a Patreon member, here's a little bit information for you. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. All right, let's jump over and see what's going on. Hey, DG. Madelinosaurus is stumped with figuring out what kind of stegosaurid this toy might be. We look at the last of family trees and we're at a loss. Can you help? Well, there's my little friend, Madelinosaurus, who posted a stegosaurus. And the only thing I can tell you is its tail is the wrong direction. But you know that. That's why you're laughing in the picture. I know. That, I believe, is stegosaurus. But since it has eight spikes on its tail, it's probably supposed to be Stegosaurus undulatus. Stegosaurus undulatus. I don't know if it's been proven or disproven that it had four spikes on each side of the tail. But I suspect that Stegosaurus undulatus is just that the spikes are going up and down instead of out to the side. But that's who I think it is. All right. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. We've got Nico Raptor who's, who has great pictures of Carcharodonis versus Triceratops plus Stegosaurus plus T-Rex. Who would win? Hey, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, oh, and by the way, Nico Raptor's got a stink bomb. Congratulations, my friend. Glad you've got stink bombs, kid, because you're going to need them. Wow. Carcharodonosaurus versus Triceratops. And Triceratops has Stegosaurus and T-Rex. Boy, I don't, I don't think poor Carcharodontosaurus is going to stand a chance, especially considering in your picture that everybody seems to be focused on him. That's dangerous. That's bad. Poor guy's not going to stand a chance. <laughs> All right, here's one from the Parfit family. We really love who would win in this house, so we made up a game. We used the cards from a Dino Memory game a match game and we play Dino War. It's just like the regular card game War, but you win hands. You win hands by having the strongest dino. Judah and Hank would like to invite Dinosaur George to come play one. Well, let me tell you something. 
I would love to come spend some time with you guys playing your Dino War game. I love it. Maybe we should create a who would win card game. That's a great idea. Thank you, guys. Okay. Wesley, who's almost six, wanted me to share his Dino Shadow Box. He created special cutout figures to show a T-Rex battling a Quetzalcoatlus, and he loves your podcast. Well, thank you, Wesley. Shout out to you, my little friend. I love you guys. If you're not part of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, I suggest that you ask your parents to join. It is a very safe place. We control what people post so that there's no threat of people posting things that are inappropriate. It's a family-friendly place. You can post pictures of things that you've done, your toys, your drawings, your books. And here, Wesley, who's almost six, made a shadow box. This is beautiful. What a great job you did, and I'm so proud of you. That's really, really cool. All right, from the Reynolds family, we are listening to the Andrew Sarkis podcast and constructed a Lego version of the animal. We also have T-Rex and a Brachiosaurus. Hey, hey, that Andrew Sarkis is great. That Andrew Sarkis is really, really good. I love your T-Rex and Brachiosaurus too, but I love Andrew Sarkis. Because you made it look so lifelike, I suspect you probably did some research, which I'm glad to hear. I hope all of you, when you hear a podcast, I hope you jump online or look through your books and try to find the animal that I'm speaking about. I'm so proud of you. Very good job. You guys love it. I love that Andrew Circus a lot. That's super cool. Okay, here we go. Henry's Lego battle of Akasaurus versus Triceratops and Akasaurus versus Postasuchus. Who would win? These are great. These, man, you guys do such good jobs with, with your Legos. You do such good work. I couldn't build anything with a Lego. So Archosaurus and Triceratops, unfortunately, Triceratops is going to be a little too much to handle. Archosaurus versus Postasuchus. Now that is going to be a little easier battle where Archosaurus is going to win, I believe. I think he will, simply because he's more advanced than Postasuchus. That's cool. Okay. Hi, Dinosaur George. Leo wanted to show you his dinosaurs fighting each other. Nice. There's a Pachycephalosaurus headbutting a T-Rex, but it has no effect. Yeah, what a bummer for the Pachy. He also wanted to show you photos from his seventh birthday in August this year. He had a day out of his choice and decided to go fossil hunting on the Jurassic Coast of England. How crazy is that? There are some great pictures of you next to ammonites that you're finding in the... Oh, look at all those ammonites. Oh, man, that is amazing. Happy birthday to you, Leo, even though it's late. So shout out to Leo's birthday. Here, I'll tell you what. Here's a shout out to next birthday when you become eight. See, I'm way ahead of the game. All right. Hi, Dinosaur George. Silas, who will be six years old on December 22nd. Happy upcoming birthday, Silas. My birthday is December 18th. Wanted to share his drawings of Dilophosaurus. He loves your podcast. Thanks for the nurturing. Thanks for nurturing his love of dinosaurs. Well, mom or dad, for both of you or whoever posted this, thank you for nurturing Silas's love of dinosaurs. Thank you for taking the time to post a picture of what Silas drew. That's super important when parents recognize and support their child's love of something. 
When I was little, my parents were very supportive of me. Always bought me dinosaur toys. Always bought me dinosaur books. And even though some children go through phases where they don't like dinosaurs as much, that's okay. A good parent simply says, okay, what's your new love? And let me support that. So good for you for taking the time to do this. Silas, happy upcoming birthday to you. Remember, my birthday is on the 18th. So that means I'm four days older than you. Wow. So silence, I'm gonna, uh, Silas, I'm going to be six years and four days on December 22nd. I mean, on December 18th, right? Yeah, I'm four days older than you. Okay, I'm a couple of days older than you. <laughs> All right, here's one from James. Hi, El Stinko, this is James. I drew a tricer. Okay, James, let's get something straight. El Stinko is an amazing superhero. No one knows the identity of El Stinko. El Stinko is a great superhero who everyone should be glad keeps us safe with his ultimate stink bombs. I am not El Stinko. Why would you say that? El Stinko is a mystery superhero and no one knows the identity. As El Stinko, I can say, I mean, as somebody who loves El Stinko, I can say it's not me. So, James said, I drew a triceratops with a club tail just for you. Thank you for your podcast. It makes me very happy. Have a good day. Well, thank you, James, for taking the time to write. And if I see El Stinko, I'll tell him what you wrote. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Silas, who is also known as Fangaraptor, Fangraptor, Fangraptor, what a great name, wanted to share their drawing of Tritator Tots, Stegosaurus and Velociraptor, roasting marshmallows on their horns and feet. They're so excited to finally be a Triceratops member. Well, let me tell you something. Why would you think Tritator Tots Stegosaurus and Velociraptor roasted marshmallows on their horns and feet. Who told you that? Who? Oh, wait a minute. I think I did. Okay, that's exactly what they're for. For all of you kids that want to know, yes, Tritator Tots, also known as Triceratops, had horns so that on the 4th of July, it could stick a hot dog on them and roast them over the campfire. Everyone knows it. That's what really happens. See? That's what science is all about, kids. I teach you kids science. <laughs> I love it. Okay, three-year-old McKenna from... <coughs> Excuse me, that's what I get for laughing. I started coughing again. Three-year-old McKenna from Denver loves listening to your podcast and the Facebook Live last week. You know, thank you, McKenna. Shout out to you, sweetie, for listening. And thank you. I'm glad you liked it. That Facebook Live, I had so much fun doing that. I'm going to try to do some more of them just to let you know. She was wondering if Augustinia could reach up to the trees to eat since their necks are so long. Pictured as a dinosaur and an exploding volcano. She's having a dino party next week for her birthday. Well, how about we have a dinosaur sing happy birthday to you? Now, we're going to choose a baby raptor this time. Now, remember, raptor, McKenna is three. She's very beautiful. 
Don't sing about eating her. Here is your birthday song. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I'm gonna kiss you on the cheek. But not eat your shoes. All right, thank you very much for that. That was a very nice birthday song. McKenna, I love your drawing, and thank you for listening, and happy birthday to you, sweetie. All right, that rounds up the Checking Out the Dinosaur George Kids page. How about we do something everyone loves? Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, to send in a Who Would Win, you have to be a member of the Tyrannosaurus Rex Club on our Patreon group. If you want to become a Patreon member, go to dinosaurgeorge.com, our website, and you can see, you can click on the club membership and you can get yourself signed up. All right, so here we go. This first one comes from Earned Earned Lemming 47. What a great name. Who would win? Dinosaur George with the king of all allosauruses versus me, the king of carnotauruses, versus 50 packs of Compsognathus. Well, first of all, if I am the king of allosauruses and you are the king of carnotaurus and we're fighting 50 packs of Compsognathus or Compsognathus, they don't stand a chance. We're going to stomp, we're going to kick, we're going to pick them up, we're going to sling them around, and by the time we're done, oh, those poor little compies are going to be stompies. Ah, Let me say that again. If I step on them, the compies will become stompies. That was hilarious. Everybody better be laughing. Because that's a great joke. Okay, let's keep going. Noah, Noah F., my assistant, says, who would win? Dinochirus versus Utah Raptor. Love this. Man, what a battle this is. Wow, what a battle. Man. Dinochirus, of course, has those gigantic arms. And Utah Raptor is a brute. Utah Raptor is definitely a brute. But... Um, I, I think, I still believe Utah Raptor is still going to be fast enough to sidestep those arms. Noah, I believe, I believe, uh, that Utah Raptor would be able to sidestep. That means stay away from those swinging arms and probably do a bad number on them, but that's great. Okay, and then uh, here's another one. This one is also from Noah, who sent Cosmoceratops versus Kentrosaurus. Man, 
Okay, Cosmo is going to lower his head, of course, and come running in and ram. But with Kentrosaurus having those big spikes on his shoulders, that's going to be difficult for Cosmo to do. The difference here is Kentrosaurus would be able to swing that tail and have a little bit more range. So it could kind of keep Cosmoceratops away with its shoulder armor while landing a blow with its side armor. And Kentrosaurus is going to be facing head on, which means its side is going to be open for attack. All uh, Kentra has to do is swing that tail and hit him in the side and fight is over. This, that's really, that's a good one though. Okay. Madalena Saurus says Saurophaganax versus two Allosauruses. Wow. Another great one. For those of you that heard my Saurophaganax podcast, you know how big this animal is, but two Allosauruses might be enough because you can attack from two different directions. And no matter how big you are, you can only defend yourself a certain way. You know, Madelinosaurus, I'm going to I'm going to give this to the Allosauruses because there's two of them. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and give I I could be wrong, but that's what I think. But I love that one. All right, Judah and Hank wants to know, uh, Judah would like to know who would win, Titanoboa versus Therizinosaurus. Whoa. Those claws of Therizinosaurus are absolutely capable of splitting open Titanoboa, in my opinion. Yes, Titanoboa, if he surprises him and can wrap those coils around a Therizinosaurus fast enough, he could defend itself. I mean, he could kill him. But I think Therizinosaurus is going to use those claws. They're going to be too dangerous. Because one slash means three giant claws slicing through you. I think he could split poor Therizin- Titanoboa in, in half. I really do. So I'm going to give this one, Jude. I'm going to give this to Therizinosaurus, although I love Titanoboa. All right, Webionics has one. Jacolopterus versus Dunkleosteus. Now, this is great. Jacolopterus is the giant sea scorpion, and Dunkleosteus is the giant armored fish. Webionics, Dunkleosteus, in my opinion, won't have any problems at all. There's just too much power. Just too much power in those jaws. One bite, and he's going to crunch poor Jacolopterus into half. I think I'm easily going to give it to him. I think that's who would win. Okay, Luca Rex, who would win? Sabretooth, Cat versus Grizzly Bear. Hey, this is a fight that may have occurred. This is a fight that absolutely could have occurred. It uh, definitely is going to be a crazy battle. But where I believe the Grizzly Bear has an advantage is its ability to stand up on its hind legs and still wield its massive weapons. The saber tooth is going to be relegated to being on all fours. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just that when you stand up in order to reach a vital organ, the cat has to jump up to try to reach it. And that's when he's most vulnerable. Cats are not made to rise up and stay up for a long time. A bear can. And if you're attacking from above and fight attacking down, you have everything at your benefit. You have gravity, which helps you swing your claws faster. You have a height advantage. A cat being at the ground is not going to have that same advantage. It would be a crazy fight, but at the end, I'm going to give this to the grizzly bear. 
I believe that's who would win. Okay. Asher sends a who would win Triceratops versus a pack of Velociraptors. This is a good one, Asher. Even though Velociraptors could cause a lot of damage, I don't believe they're going to be strong enough to really penetrate the hide deep enough to really make a big impact. I don't think they can. I think Triceratops, just with its sheer body size, could crush the enemy. Not even worrying about crushing it with their horns, stabbing it. It could run over them. It could step on them. I'm going to give this one to Triceratops, but boy, what an epic battle that would be. All right, here's one. Hi, I'm Grady, and I would like to know who would win. Carnotaurus versus Giant Ground Sloth versus El Stinko with no stink bombs and no rubber vans versus two T-Rexes versus one Argentinosaurus versus his mother. Okay. Wait. El Stinko? Who? Who is El Stinko? No one knows. It's a mystery. If you think you know the identity of El Stinko, Keep it to yourself, because that's a great superhero. Okay, so let's take a look. Carnotaurus versus giant ground sloth. First of all, let's compare those two. Ground sloth has very powerful claws. Carnotaurus is going to be too quick. He wins. Next, Carnotaurus versus me with no stink bombs. And I mean, El Stinko with no stink bombs. Okay, if you take away my stink, I mean, El Stinko's stink bombs, how am I, I mean, how is he going to fight? You stinking little kids. How am I going to fight if you're going to take away my stink bombs? I am not El Stinko. Okay, so then, that leaves two T-Rexes versus one Argentinosaurus versus your mother. Okay, your mother is going to win the fight. Why? Because she's going to look over at the Argentinosaurus and two T-Rexes and me and the Carnotaurus and the Ground Sloth and scream, You kids! Get to your room and you stay there until you can learn to play better together. Moms always win every time. Always make sure your mom wins. All right. <coughs> Sawyer wants to know who would win. Acrocanthosaurus versus T-Rex versus Spinosaurus versus three Allosaurus with deodorant versus El Stinko. Well, I am not. I am not El Stinko. No one knows who El Stinko is. Acrocanthosaurus versus Rex. Rex is going to win. I love Acrocanthosaurus, but Rex is too powerful. And then that leaves Rex and Spinosaurus. Spinosaurus is not going to win. Sorry, but that's my opinion. That leaves three Allosauruses with deodorant versus me. Okay. First, wait. Not me. El Stinko. I don't know who it is because that's a superhero and he is a mystery. So if three Allosauruses have deodorant, how am I possibly going to use my stink bombs? If I can't use deodorant, if I have to use deodorant, you rotten kids. Why do you kids do this? You stinking kids. All right. Next. Maximimus says who would win Argentinosaurus versus Apatosaurus versus Sauroposidon. Whoa. This is definitely a titan battle. Wow. Apatosaurus, I don't think, is going to have the same opportunity. So let's say Apatosaurus goes first. That leaves Argentinosaurus and Sauroposidon. Wow. Honestly, how do you determine that? 
How can we possibly determine that? They are ginormous. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to have to say Sora Poseidon. Why? Because the name sounds cool. Man, that's incredible. What a great fight. All right. And then Samadarshi sends Acrocanthosaurus versus Tarbosaurus versus Spinosaurus versus Dinosaur George without stink bombs. All right. Let's take. What is that last one? Acro, Tarbosaurus, Spinosaurus, Dinosaur George without stink bombs. You. Rotten. Kid. You. Stinking. Kid. Why does everybody try to take away my stink bombs? How can I be El Stinko? I mean, I wonder who El Stinko is. How can whoever he is survive if you're going to take away my stink bombs? All right, Acrocanthosaurus versus Tarbo. We'll take that first. Man, again, I love Acrocanthosaurus, but Tarbosaurus has just got too many advantages. I'm going to give it to him. Now, that leaves Tarbo and Spino. Now, it's a little more evenly matched. I think Spino can take Tarbo. I believe Spino can take Tarbo. So that leaves Spinosaurus versus me without my stink bombs. Let me tell you something, kid. I'm not going to go to a battle. If you're going to steal, the only way I have to survive. So, who wins that one? Me. Because that's just the way I say it's going to end up. All right, my friends. uh, Let's go and listen to an interview with a member of the Tyrannosaurus Rex Club. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. All right. The interview today is with my friend Patrick. Patrick, how are you? Good. Good. How old are you, Patrick? Six and three quarters, man, you're counting everything, aren't you? When is your birthday? Do you know what month your birthday is? It's in January 8th. Oh, wow. So it's coming up pretty good. No wonder you're saying three quarters because you're right. That's very exciting. So six and three quarters going to be seven. Do you have a job somewhere? No. No. Uh, Are you married yet? No. No. Okay. Are you sure you're not married? Yes. Okay, I'm just checking. I don't know. I have no idea. Do your parents know you're married? <laughs> oh, okay, good. Well, we've established that you're not married, and that's good. What grade are you in? Grade one. Nice. And do you like school? Yes. What is your What is your favorite thing to do in school? What do you like the best? I don't know. Do you... Time. Oh, that's good. Do you uh, do you do you know how to read? Are you learning how to read? I'm at level sixteen, but for home reading book. Oh wow! So you're a very good reader then. 
Hey, I'm very proud of you. That's very good. I'm glad to hear that. That's good. Reading is so important, no matter what you want to do. I have a question for you. Yeah, what is your question? Have you been alive for 65 million years? Have I been alive for 65 million years? Very close. I've only been alive for 64 and three quarters million years. So I'm I'm not quite at 65 million years yet. By the way, why would you ask me if I'm 65 million? Do I look like I'm 65 million years old? <laughs> All right, let's talk about your favorite dinosaur. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? Yes. What is your favorite? Triceratops. Why do you like Triceratops? I like Triceratops, too. How many horns does Triceratops have? Three. Nice. How many legs does a Triceratops have? Four. How many motorcycles does it have? Zero. Oh, okay. Well, I thought I'd trick you, but I guess I didn't. I thought I was going to trick you, and you're going to be like, three. And I'd say, uh, no. Triceratops only has two motorcycles at his house. Is Triceratops a plant eater or meat eater? Plant eater. Nicely done. It is indeed a plant eater. Do you think Triceratops has lived by themselves or do you think they lived in a family? Family. Why do you think they lived in a family? Because they could take down bigger predators. Ah, that's a great point. That's a good point, Patrick. You're right. If they were by themselves. And if a big meat eater like Tyrannosaurus attacked, it would be hard for one to protect itself, wouldn't it? Thinking about. Yeah, that's very that's very good. I'm very proud of you. And I agree with you. I think that uh, that they probably lived in groups in a herd because that would be that would be good protection. Have you ever had the chance to see like the skeleton of a Triceratops? No. They're much bigger than people think. Uh, sometimes, you know, we only see pictures of them in books and things like that. But actually, they, uh, they're they quite big. They're big. They're the biggest member of the Ceratopsian family. Do you know Triceratops has other cousins? Do you know that? What about, um, let's see, have you ever heard of Centrosaurus or Styracosaurus? Any of those? Only Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. You heard it on the podcast. Very good. Yes. Styracosaurus is a cousin of Triceratops. So they all belong to that same sort of family. Now, what about other kinds of animals that lived a long time ago? Are you interested in any of the other things that live, not just dinosaurs, but maybe animals that lived before, during or after dinosaurs? I mean... I'm interested of one that's still alive today. What is that? A shark. Oh, yeah. I like sharks a lot. What is your favorite shark? Do you have a favorite? No. Do you like great white sharks? They're cool. Yeah. What about hammerheads? The head's cool. Yeah, hammerheads are cool. What about the chicken shark? That's not a real shark. Oh, I know. I just made it up, but I thought I'd trick you. Okay, so there's no chicken shark. What other kind of sharks are there? Can you name some other sharks you know about? Tiger shark. Tiger. There's, what else? Uh, Mako sharks. 
And uh, cookie cutter shark. You ever heard of a cookie cutter shark? I found it from a show often on. Oh, nice. What do they eat? Cookies? No. Oh, they eat people that no. cut cookies? No. Oh. No. They eat Keebler elves because they bake no. cookies. I, I, I'm going to tell you what they do. Okay. They eat whale blood, I think. Oh, wow. So they don't just eat cookies. They don't eat cookies at all. Well, they should be called a cookie eater shark. Yeah, I like that. They don't eat cookies. Yeah. What they do is they swim around in the ocean looking for a bag of Chips Ahoy cookies. And if they find them, (laughs) they attack. And they eat the bag of cookies. And they become (laughs) overweight because they eat cookies. They do not eat cookies at all. Uh, okay. Well, my story was better, though. All right. <laughs> do you eat cookies? I do eat cookies sometimes. <gasps> so you're a cookie eater shark? <laughs> oh. I just heard about the cookie eater shark. You just told me about it. Cookie cutter shark, not cookie eater shark. Oh, okay. Well, I like cookie eater better than cookie cutter. So you said there was tiger sharks. If there's a yes. tiger shark, is there a lion shark? No. I still think a chicken shark would be deadly. It's not real shark. Somebody looks up and screams, run for your life. It's a chicken shark. And it swims in. <laughs> <laughs> so you like sharks. What about megalodon? Have you ever heard of megalodon? Yes. What is megalodon? Oh, nice. Was it little or big? Big. Nice. Could it fly or did it drive a car? Nice. Oh, okay. Did it eat cookies? Okay. Did Did it eat cookies? No. Did it eat? Suspended back then. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Couldn't afford cookies, right? So it just ate cookie eater sharks? Oh, okay. Uh, what kind of dog do you have? That's a pretty fancy dog. Does it eat cookies? No. Does it eat sharks? No. Maybe that dog eats megalodons, and that's why megalodons are extinct. No. Yeah, your shark saved the world. <laughs> So tell me some of the things you like to do for fun. What are some of the things you enjoy doing? I like playing microwaves. Oh, that sounds cool. <coughs> what about dinosaur? Do you have any dinosaur toys? Yes, a lot of them. Oh, you do. And what is your favorite dinosaur toy? Do you have a favorite? Yes, yeah, it's a big triceratops. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> well, since you like Triceratops, of course, it would make sense that your favorite toy would be a Triceratops. Yeah, I like Triceratops. Do you have more than one Triceratops? Yes, but all of them are not as big as the biggest. Oh, wow. So when you play with them, do you pretend like the big one is the leader of the group? Sometimes I did. Like, it was protecting the baby. Oh, nice. 
That's that's very good. I'm glad to hear that. And do you do you enjoy my podcast? Do you listen to my podcast? Yeah. That's good. I'm glad. Have there has there been one that you really liked a lot or do you like them all about the same? I like all. That's so good. Well, the podcast I'm going to do today or tomorrow is on an animal called Andrew Sarkis. In fact, your interview, oh no, no, your interview will be on another one. Is there a subject you'd like for me to cover on a podcast? No. There's so many different animals to choose from. So many different animals. It's hard for me sometimes to to figure out which one to do next. But I'm going to do one on Andrew Sarkis next. And then when I record the next one, that's the one your, your inter- interview will be on. So your interview won't be on the, the one that I'm going to release today. Your interview will be on the next one. So you'll have to make sure and listen to it. Have you ever, uh, have you ever gone to any museums and seen any fossils before? Yes. Nice. Did you have fun? Yeah. Oh, nice. Have you ever got to hold a fossil in your hand before? No. It's kind of cool when you do. Maybe one day you can go dig up a dinosaur somewhere and then you can have it. And you can say, uh, I finally got to hold it. Hey there, William. How are you, buddy? William, your little brother just joined us. And I see you have that raptor. I mean, that yeah, that raptor claw. That's from Deinonychus. I yeah. heard it. I heard it from the last podcast. Oh, nice. That's very cool. And William, how are you doing? Oh, good. Oh, that's right. Because you guys have a T Rex and a Raptor too, a claw. And I think this one was one of the killing claws on that can that couldn't touch the ground. Oh, that's exactly right. Good job. Exactly right. Yeah, that is the killing claw from its foot. And you're right. Can you remember why it doesn't touch the ground? Because it would break. There you go. boy, Patrick. That's very good. You're right. So, do you think raptors wore tennis shoes? No, no. they didn't. Did they wear uh, flip-flops? No, they didn't. Oh, okay. There I you did. go. Ah, oh, William, I see that T-Rex tooth. Very good. That's very good, you guys. William, do you like dinosaurs too? Dinosaur choice. Good. What, buddy? I see that raptor claw. Ah, and you're holding That's correct. That's the right motion. That's how it would cut its food. Would you guys like to cut your food with your foot? No. Would you like your mom and dad to cut your food with their feet? That's right. Well, raptors, their claw is their number one weapon. That's what they use. Not all dinosaurs use their foot claws, though. What other kind of weapons do you think dinosaurs used? Horns. Horns is a good one. Yeah. Spikes. Um, Grenades. No. Uh, oh, okay. Not grenades. Okay. Uh, they could swing a bag of cookies and hit you in the head with them? No. Uh, oh, Okay. Uh, motorcycles, they could run over you when they're riding on a motorcycle. Oh, okay. What does Triceratops do with its horns? That's right. They could also, when they would go camping out, they would put a marshmallow on the end of them and roast them over the fire. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean, no? 
Of course, that's what it did. Everybody knows it. They, they roast marshmallows, and they also put a hot dog on it for the 4th of July. So, hey, what is that? Is that a, what is that a picture of? Is that, is that the moon? Yeah. Hey, that's, did you make that yourself? Yeah. And, and wow. Oh, wow. And William, what are you holding? Is that something you drew or is that a picture? It's a tablet. Oh, it's a tablet. Very nice. Look at the monster I made. Hey, that's pretty nice. Look at that. This is its leg. I see that and I see its eye. Oh, it has actually one, two, three, four, five eyes. Well, of course it has five eyes. Everybody knows that. I knew it. Oh, also, it has one green eye, one blue eye, and three pink eyes. Does it eat cookies? No. Does it eat sharks that eat cookies? No. Did I ever tell you about the cookie eater shark? <laughs> yes, but it's not real shark. Oh, well, I'm going to keep trying to trick you. Until one of these days you're going to fall for my trick. I'm not. <laughs> look I'm at not. that. Hey, are you a, hey, you're a spaceman. Mommy, look at that. That is so cool. I didn't realize you went to space. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, do you guys have any questions you want to ask me? I love T Rex, William. Already, I've already told you my question. Well, that was an excellent one. So, William, you like T Rex, and Patrick, you like Triceratops. Yes. And my favorite animal is the cookie eater shark. That's not a real shark. Uh, you said it was. <laughs> no, I didn't. Don't you remember? I said cookie cutter, and you said, uh, no, that shark eats cookies. It's called the cookie eater shark. And I was like, no way, kid. I said it was the cookie guy strike, and you said it was the cookie. No, it was the cookie strike that eats cookies. <laughs> Fine. Fine. So you busted me. Fine. You caught me. You caught and you figured me out. Oh, I like that T Rex tooth. All right, boys, I hope you guys had fun. Um, this podcast. Questions for us. Yeah, you can ask me a question. Of course you can. No, do you have any more questions? Well, yeah, I have a question for you. How yes? fast do you think Triceratops could run? I don't know. Was it slow or fast? Medium. Medium, that's a good choice. And it, you told me that it rides a motorcycle when it goes to school. No. no. Oh, that's right. That's right. So it, it rides a shark when it goes to the grocery store. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I that <laughs> All right, boys. Listen, you guys. I hope you guys had a... Did you have a good Thanksgiving? <laughs> I hope... <laughs> well, I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you have a good holiday season. Is it cold where you live? Cold, Patrick? <laughs> yes, Dinosaur George, it is. <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, that's why I live in Texas, because we don't like the cold at all. All right, you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for doing this. Patrick, I hope you keep studying Triceratops, because I love that dinosaur. And thank you for cutting me with your raptor claw, what you're doing. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Have a great week, you guys. See you, boys. All right, my friends, that concludes this podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope if you have time, you will go uh, do some research and try to learn something about Megacerops, who is an amazing animal, in my opinion. I hope everybody's taking care of themselves. Take care of the people around you. Make sure to tell your parents how much you love them. Don't argue and fight with your brothers and sisters, especially during the month of December. We're all supposed to be on our best behavior. And finally, my wish for all of you is that one day we discover who El Stinko really is. (laughs) See you guys. Thank you for listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah.